Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 71. England took on Scotland in the Calcutta Cup at Murrayfield on Saturday and we're here to discuss what happened. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that still believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hi guys, uh, welcome to our very belated uh, England against Scotland, Scotland against England match roundup uh, episode. As you may have noticed, we didn't do the usual uh, pre, during and post, which is probably just as well. Um, lots to discuss. Dan, what are, what are your thoughts? I hate rugby. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, oh mate, it, it was bound to happen at some point. So. I think overall today we're going to come up with, I don't know, reasons why it happened, excuses. But I think the first thing that I just want to say is the better team won. Scotland 100% deserved it. We can't take that away from them. And they won because they outplayed us on the day. And they were the better team on the day. 100%. 100%. Yeah, not, not buying into all of the chat that's going about saying that uh, it was because of bad refereeing. Um, we can talk about the referee a little bit later on, but ultimately, um, England didn't perform, and um, you know the the, stat, the stats speak for themselves. I mean, it was yeah twenty five thirteen to England. I'm sure I don't need to tell anyone that, but there you go. Um, twenty five thirteen to Scotland. To Scotland, even to Scotland, <laughs> yeah. even yeah. Uh, how depressing. Um, yeah, <laughs> how, how unfortunate that we decided to do our uh, our joint episode with the Thistle guys uh, just before this one. <laughs> I, I messaged I messaged Matt actually after Matt saying congratulations completely deserved and he came back with a very gracious message in fairness <laughs> I think if it probably be one of us would have gone back like ha ha we're better than you but he came back with a very uh, gracious message saying oh, look, England are always going to get abuse for for losing it against anyone um, but in a game like that Calcutta match. Uh, you know, it's, it's inevitable, isn't it? But um, okay, well, well, look. No, no, no. he came back saying, you, you know, thanks, thanks for messaging me. That's good of you. Like he wasn't at all, he didn't at all rub it in. Good, um, um, but but like you say, it would have been difficult you know around. He'd have been well within yeah. his rights to rub it in. He would have been well within his rights, but he didn't. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, but, there is a lot to talk about. And there's a lot to know what happened, but Scotland were brilliant. Scotland actually were brilliant. They played. Some good rugby. They scored some good tries. Hugh Jones was just phenomenal, as was Finn Russell. Um, and they showed they've got some world-class players and they can cause damage on their day. Yeah. I mean, look, we're the England Rugby Pod. We're here to back England no matter what. Um, so, you know, putting on my my slightly biased uh, mask for a minute. Um, what, you know, yeah, he had a great game. Um some some moments of individual individual brilliance. Uh, Finn Russell, um, he's a he's an interesting one because I I can't I think it was Hugo Monier that said um, you know he's a maverick, and by which he means you know he can win you a game or he can lose you a game. And I, I, to be fair, you look at you look at that uh, I don't know if it was the first Scotland try or the second one, but that long pass that Finn threw. That could have gone either way, <laughs> you know. It, it, it was sort of hanging in the air, and you kind of were thinking, well, "What's going to happen here?" You know, it was it was quite fortunate. Um, 
England, to me, for me, England, and this is not to take anything away from Scotland because they were the better side without question, but I think England made them look better than they were. I know it's not a popular thing to say if you're Scottish and listening. You're probably not. Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Scotland goes to Ireland. Well, th- this is it, and this is all the chat at the moment. So Scotland can produce these performances, can be world-class, but to be an actual genuine top team, you need to be a top team both home and away. I, I mean, And that's where Scotland are missing out. They haven't been the top team away yet. But, but like Eddie Jones said last year when we were heading down to, to Millennium Principality, whatever you want to call it, um, at the end of the day, it's a rugby pitch. You know, same size. It, it doesn't. Re- I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's an advantage of having your home support there, but but in terms of executing a game plan, it, it doesn't make any difference. Um, Mate, we we both know that's not real, though, don't we? You look at everyone's sort of home and away performances. It is a huge difference being at home, not think, having just every aspect of the game, like not having that travel. You know, waking up in an environment you know well, yeah. having that motivation of the home fan. Well, let's let's turn to the to the stats for a minute then, because. Despite what it, what, and this may surprise some people, it certainly surprised me. England had more possession, 56%. England had more territory, 57%. Both of those stats, to me, I'm, I'm amazed by because watching the game, it felt like England were never in it. Eng- England seemed very static to me. Um, so, more possession, more territory. Well, I think one of the things that sort of realised at the moment is actually that's not. That's not as relevant these days. It certainly doesn't seem to be. Hundred yeah, percent with their scrum, hundred percent with their line out, England. Yeah, but what what did they do with it? They did they did seem very static. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, to me, it felt like they 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 did what Scotland did against Wales. They kind of turned up thinking, you know, this is this is as good as guaranteed. They were just going to come along, and do, all we got to do is turn up, and and the results are. And it just it felt like it, it was a completely different. You know, they they showed. Italy more respect. I I think so. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of England maybe, I, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, where there'd be lots of possession, pass out. And there were times when I saw people like in the back line receiving the ball, literally just standing still mm. and then trying to make a run or just, I, I was very surprised by the England performance. I think it was a poor performance. The question for me is, Look, everyone has a poor performance. That, that's that's just the way that's just the way sport is. That's the way rugby is. But the question we got to ask is: this the start of a bigger, worse thing, or is this just one off? We just brush under the carpet and say, "Bad day at the office." It happens onwards and upwards. I mean, for for me, the big the big thing to come out of this is, you know, what do England have in terms of attacking the breakdown? Because it didn't feel like anyone knew what to do whether whether it was a whether it was defending the breakdown or attacking it you know it, when, when the ball was on our side the, they were just it was like schoolboy rugby they were sort of standing there thinking well the ball's on our side no one's allowed to do anything you know uh and, and when and when Scotland had the ball England just didn't compete um whereas you know you, you roll reversal and I think England conceded 15 turnovers Scotland's counter argument is absolutely oh, yeah. immense. That, and I think, absolutely, I'm not trying to take anything away from from their ability to do it. But why, where you know England are supposed to be this world class side, where are the guys doing that for England? Because it didn't appear to happen at all. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, so the six seven years ago, we used to be the same. Like, oh, if we only commit two to the breakdown, 
that means that we'll have more players out back. But it's the same old. Win, get the bill first. Win that first. And then worry about... I think our game plan was always only ever to commit those players there, assuming that was going to be enough to win. Well, and a breakdown, not yeah. expecting. I think the thing is, if you're going to do that, then you have to be throwing out rapid, fast ball. You yeah. can't you can't commit two to the breakdown and then take your time and have a look around and think, oh, what are we going to do? Because you're going to get counter-rucked. You know, the only way that that works is if the, the scrum half is in there just pinging it out, you know, every single time it comes in. So he's the first, well, third man in, two go in to, to, to secure it, third man straight in, ball out, go, go again. And that didn't happen. So every time there was a, there was a breakdown, you, you could see what was going to happen. Um, it was so frustrating to watch. And, and, you know, it's different to what we've seen from England in the past. Um, I, de- I think it's definitely highlighted. I mean, I guess if we're looking at silver linings and what have you, it's definitely highlighted an area that they need to work on, whether that be game plan or, or actually just uh, getting the individuals to, to, to improve in those areas. Um, but, you know, you know 25-13, um, look, if England had played the way that they did in the last 10 minutes right off the bat, we may be talking about, it may have been a very different story. Um but you can't leave it to the last 10 minutes. No. Um, no. And New Zealand, you know, New Zealand will, will be laughing having watched that. You know, England are here chatting about number two in the world. We want to be number one in the world. The big the big grudge match is, is England against New Zealand in the autumn. Um, and off the back of that performance, they must be thinking, oh, we got this. Well, I think I think the thing we've got to worry before more immediately is Ireland. Well, do you know what? Even before that, France. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, I, France I, in I, Paris. I actually, I actually worry for France. I think, I think, you know, in, you know, we're here moaning about England, but I think, I think England will go away um, and go right. You know, these are the things we did wrong, and I think they'll come back against France, a very different side, um, and, and I. I wouldn't be surprised to see them put a big score on France, <clears throat> especially at the moment while France don't seem to quite know where they are. Um, maybe that's wishful thinking. Um, but yeah, I, I, it could be. I, I could see it. Because what's interesting, you know, Ireland are now the only side left in who can get the Grand Slam. They're the favourites now. But no, no, England included, obviously, no side has been particularly good in the Six Nations. You know, Ireland haven't been great. You know, they 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 just beat France. Um, yeah. You know, they, they had a pretty close game, and I know we did too, against Wales, despite absolutely dominating Wales, you know, statistically. Um, you know, it was far too close. And, and ultimately, you know, Wales were in f- form and at the end there, and you and you wouldn't have put it past them to have to have taken points, if not for that interception. Um so it's interesting to hear that you know everyone going oh Ireland have got it it's in the bag you know they're they're the superior side because you think you actually no you know England were, were shit no you know, no question um, but Ireland haven't been great Scotland brilliant against England but they haven't been great France obviously have been pretty poor Wales have been pretty poor you know Italy perhaps are the only team that are actually doing what they expected to do consistently shit <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it, yeah it, it seems like you know all the talk about the northern hemisphere and the and and how much better they were and you know the southern hemisphere are going to be looking at this six nations championship and going yeah that you had a lucky autumn so i i think the thing that we need to remember and something that we forget every year 
The Six Nations is different. Yeah. I don't I don't know why. It is just form genuinely of course form matters and form ultimately you do tend to find the best team the best teams end up winning it or whatever. But matches you can these are the ones where if it's a friendly, if that match is a friendly, England win every time against Scotland. But because it's Six Nations, because it's the old enemy, because of the history, it does make a difference. Um I don't know why I'm not, it is a psychological thing, sure, but we see it year in, year out. And every year when we go into the Six Nations, we're like, oh my God, you know, whatever. Wales are awful at the moment. They won't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then, you know, these teams do stand a chance. So we do need to take that factor into account. The problem is, is at the moment, it's not, it's not a real factor. It's not tangible. So everyone, you can't sort of say why it is. So everyone's like, oh, no, this is these are the stats, these are the figures. So this is what's going to happen. But it just doesn't. Mm. And we need to realise that, I think. How depressing was it? Uh, you know, and, and fair enough, correct call certainly on one of them, but those two tries that obviously, you know, were called back or disallowed. <laughs> it just yeah. felt, it felt like England had come out a different side in the second half. Yeah, they were a that, different side in that second half. Um, but discipline, we talked about it before the game. Discipline, so important. Uh, obviously, the Courtney Laws one, obviously, it's, it, wasn't an, it wasn't a mistake. He put in a big hit and, you know, it could have been... Could, do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't that he made an, a mistake. Unfortunately, the big hit resulted in the ball coming off him rather than being knocked backwards by, by the Yeah, I don't, I don't know the law there. Because when that first happened, I thought, oh, that's part of a tackle. I thought it was a little bit... As I, in like a charge down. Yeah, well, I, 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 think, it, I, think, it, you, I think it has been that. That has been the law in the past, but that's obviously been changed. Uh, but I kind of think, why? You know, I quite like the fact that it's, it's the one time when you can knock it, or well, the, the other time when you can knock it on. Yeah. Uh, put, puts the onus on, on big hits and, you know, target the ball in a big hit and I don't know. Um, ultimately it it was a shame it was a shame that one of those tries didn't count purely from match perspective well I, I mean, I'm not a lot of... I, the other one I, I'm slightly more contentious I, I don't necessarily agree um, uh, Nigel Owens said to Joe Lawton you know how a lot of referees and Nigel Owens is very good at it you know he's kind of talking yeah. to the players during the game in order to prevent him from having to blow the whistle you know telling them to leave it telling them to use it all the rest of it he he kind of screamed at um, at Joe Launchbury to leave the ball because Joe Launchbury was competing for the ball. Joe Launchbury took his hands away from the ball, and obviously, as a result, he's he's already leaning too far forward. So, so he's not going to be able to support himself with just his legs at that point. So he he gets out the way as he's been told to do by the referee. Game continues, and then obviously there's the interception, and then it's called back as a as a you know hands on the floor in the ruck penalty. Ultimately, that is the law, though. Like, there's been a lot of chat about ref decisions. Well, hang on. You know how whale. Well, hang on. You, I mean, you say ultimately that's the law, but let's say that you're in a ruck and you, and you go to ground, right? Yeah. Your hands are allowed on the on the floor. Then you're not allowed to support your body weight when competing for the ball. That's that's the that's the law, right? That's the the penalties given if you're if you're using the floor to support your body weight in order to try and compete for the ball. But the point here was that Joe Launchbury wasn't competing for the ball anymore because he'd been told but to leave it. But then he's gone over the ball. Well, but he didn't though. I mean, I, for me, that that one was contentious. Um, 
I don't think he went over the ball. I don't think he slowed things down. I think the interception was down to was simply down to a poor pass um, and good timing from Danny Kerr. And I think it's a it, it was a really unfortunate for England that that one wasn't given. Um, that's not to suggest that England deserved to win because they didn't with the performance that they put in. Um, but it could have changed changed things uh, significantly. Um, but I thought Jen, Jen, I, well, look, Nigel Owens, in my opinion, didn't make and didn't get anything wrong. Um, and that's kind of the, the the key thing here. Lots of loads of people, and we're going to talk about it because there are there are people out there who are pointing the finger at the referee and saying he, he was inconsistent and what have you. He didn't get anything wrong. Um, I did feel like he wasn't quite as um, willing to let the game play as as he has been in the past. Like it, it was frustrating at times. You know how how kind of close to the letter of the law he was playing it. If you know what I mean. I, I think it's I think it's very hard for referees these days. They, um, everyone's like, let it flow, let it flow. Yet as soon as they do let it flow, somebody's like, well, that in theory should have been our penalty. The ref made a massive mistake there. Yeah, true. It, it's I think it's I, I I get exactly where you're coming from, mate. But I in in my mind the decisions were correct, and Nigel Owens or any of. Like the, he, he seemed, the rest have nothing to answer for, he, and yeah, I mean, he seemed he seemed to be getting a lot in his ear during that game. Like he said, the, the 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 my understanding is that the the touch judges and the TMO and what have you, they're there to look for foul play. Um, they're there to identify. Are they there to identify offsides? I think they're. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, think yeah. If they say spot something, they let the ref know. But, regardless, but there of were but there were other incidents, particularly around the breakdown, where. He clearly couldn't see whatever it was he was calling. So, so although he got it right, those incidents are not supposed to be refed by the touch judges, by the TMO. That, that, well, they, 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 not not the TMO, but by the ref, by the touch judges. They are. If the touch judge sees something that Nigel Owens hasn't, they're meant to let him know. I, I, okay, I, I was under the impression that their that their primary role was was to look for foul play and not and not to interfere with the general refing of the game. Um, but yeah, fine. Uh, a lot, lot of people suggesting that um, that Scotland were regularly uh, kind of infringing, you know, past the offside, the offside line, and that, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from is that uh, he was being told about incidents that were coming from the England side, but perhaps not being told about uh, incidents the other way around. And so, rugby's changing a lot. You know, back lines are are, are, are stepping off. <laughs> Very close to the line, which is ultimately how you become a you know a great team is to is to play to the very very edges of the law, um, you know. But but um, I don't know. It's just yeah, frustrating. I guess just looking for for excuses, looking for some something to to kind of take and, out and, of the game. And that's, yeah, exactly. And and that's something that worries me a bit these days because every match it seems to go down to ref decisions and refs is that, but ultimately. The refs didn't do anything wrong. Um, it doesn't change a thing. I don't think we can look at at the ref things at all. I don't think we can say that Scotland were infringing any more than England. But one thing I find interesting, and there was an article today um, talking about Dan Bigger, mm. and I think it was from Martin Williams, saying that he's on the ref's case all the time, complaining, complaining. And actually, it's harming Wales. Yeah. Well, I, I believe it's one of the things that the referees have been told to kind of crack down on um, from this Six Nations is is actually all is the chat 
uh, to the referee and, and and basically ensuring that it's captains only. Um, but I wonder. I, I I can't. I'm not saying England did do this, but were England in the refs here a bit? I don't Saturday think. So. I, well, I was watching I very closely, remember. and whenever there was a whenever there was kind of a, a bit of a fifty fifty, um, England just seemed to take it and and get back their ten and, and crack on. I didn't see. I didn't see a lot of moaning from the England players. And, I, and and Nigel Owens, let's be honest, Nigel Owens uh, is the kind of referee who, if he was getting chat, he'd have been taken to one side and, and you know giving them a lesson in something because uh, he does he likes to do that. Um, and I didn't see any of that. I mean, possibly a little bit in the front row, but I think that's just part of getting inside your opposition's head, isn't it? It's a different beast, the front row. Of course, of course. Um, and I guess when you're a, yeah, a world-class prop or hooker, you've got Nigel Owens telling you how to how to play in the scrum it's um it's possibly frustrating you're thinking uh, how many times have you have you packed down Nigel? yeah well he he certainly knows the laws so so oh yeah no absolutely and uh, ultimately um it, it, it to be a to be a top side you have to be able to adapt to the referee and you have to help play to the way the referee is refereeing the game and every referee is going to be slightly different you know some are going to be more uh, you know more more um sort of aggressive about certain certain elements of the game, whether it's scrummaging, whether it's the breakdown, whether it, you know, whatever it might be, holding on. Um, and I think that's probably where England really let themselves down quite a bit is, is the, was the inability, you know, they may not have moaned about it, but the inability to kind of react to the way he was refing the game and in order to, to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But anyway, let's, let's not worry about any of the rest stuff because... Like you say, I mean, ultimately, we're only using it for an excuse, aren't we? Uh, trying to figure it out a bit. An excuse and also to use up some minutes because we, 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 we're we trying to discuss the game. And I, I can't think of much more to say other than that uh, England have got a lot of improvement to make. Well, so, so I guess that's for me. I want to chat about a bit. What, what do England need to do? Do they need to be going into the France game? Are there any changes you'd be looking to make? So team-wise? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think apart from anything else in a situation like this, I think you give the guys the guys an opportunity to to mend it. Um I think if you go running straight in and start getting rid of people, it, it, it that's not the the right message to send. So I, I think the the right solution is to go with, to stick with the same guys. Um and and you know, they've got two weeks to work on things. They will have done huge amounts of analysis on the game, so they'll know exactly where where they fell down, and that breakdown is clearly going to be an area they're going to they're going to work on. Whether whether it be that they that they work on being better at attacking the breakdown um, and trying to get turnovers, or whether they work on what what I think they meant to do, what they should have done on Saturday, which is you know quicker ball. You can't you can't as I said you can't only commit two to the breakdown and then and then take your time. That, there, were, there was one incident I think where Joe Launchbury was the only man in. You know, he was kind of standing there waiting for something to happen, and there was a bit of a pause. And the Scots were like, "Okay, well, if you're just going to stand there, I'm going to come come through and just take you off the ball." And boom, turn turnover. And I, I, think, I hate it when England do that, and they've done it in the past. Like, yeah. it, it is almost slightly arrogant. Like, oh, fine, we've got the ball. This is one of us here. I, I'm glad Scotland counterrupt us, and I'm glad they did. But, but I think that's that's we that, need to learn that. It, it's 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 speed of ball, and I think as well, it's about being aware of where the scrum half is. Because if if the you know, Danny Kell, whoever it is, isn't in a position 
to get that ball out quickly, then in that situation, that this, using this example we've just given with Joe Launchbury, Joe Launchbury needs to be picking that ball up. Yeah, There isn't a scrum half there to, to get the ball and get it and ship it quickly. So pick the ball up and go again. If his scrum half's still not there, pick the ball up and go again. And wait, and, you know, keep doing that. And you can, you can still only, you know, commit minimal men to the, to the breakdown. But, but until your scrum half, if that's who you're waiting on, is, is there, you can't just stand around waiting for him to turn up. Um, and that's not pointing no, the finger at Danny Kerr because he may have been at the bottom of another ruck or, you, you know, it, it's not necessarily in his control to be there. But that far too often there was this sort of, oh, well, I'm, I'm not supposed to touch the ball. My, my job's to come and stand here. Um, and, well, and yeah, that, I, I agree. But there, there's also a case of where the bloody hell are the other forwards? Oh, I agree. Have... Well, this is the other the other kind of issue I have with with England in that game was so often breaks would be made, and it felt like the you know you're sort of screaming at the screen, please, someone go with him, um, because it was people running into three or four blue shirts with no white shirts around, and you're, you're thinking they've already shown you that they can out you know, counter you know, outruck you. Um, this is just this has got turnover written all over it, and you know inevitably it'd be another one of the fifteen turnovers right there. And you're thinking, well, I, I don't know what the solution is to that, other than to say, where the hell is everybody else? What are you doing? Um, and so maybe you know, I don't want to say that they need to commit more to the rut because they have a game plan, and when it works, it it really works. Ah, uh, but um, I think they do need to commit more to rut. Right? Well, we got found out there, like. Not, we don't always need to commit more to rap, but we need to do enough to win the ball, and we're not doing that. that no, but, this, but this is the answer. point. We're, we're winning the ball. I mean, half the time the, these issues came from the ball was right there. You know, it was at the back of our ruck, waiting to be passed at past. But there was there weren't enough people there to to, to defend it. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't. It but, wasn't about it, that, that, that scrapping our game the ball. plan. That's because the players weren't told. And I I heard a um I had an interview or whatever where Scotland said. They have specifically targeted that, like, this is what England do. Oh, okay. So even though they've won the ball, we will counter-rut them. And because the players aren't committing to rut because they're told not to because it's already won, they're in a different position. Now what we need to realise is we can't just – our game plan can't just be to go in with one or two people because that doesn't guarantee us winning the ball. Yeah. Unless you've where... you just got that quicker <laughs> – Ah, uh, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. Okay, look, changing the subject slightly. Then, um, little incident in the tunnel before the game. Owen Farrell. Yeah, and... I, I still don't know exactly what happened there. Do, do you have more information on that? Uh, as far as I'm aware, I don't know the details, of the ins and outs. I know that I know that uh, the Six Nations governing body, whoever that might be, is is asking for feedback from the teams. I, personally, I'm not particularly bothered about it. I think you know, two teams fired up for a big a big uh, game, lot riding on it. Um, stupidly, you know, narrow tunnel. They sent them in together. Um, something clearly was said. Uh, Owen Farrell reacted, and it was, a, and it was all just pushing and shoving. You know, you've seen far worse, but suddenly they turned this into this this big thing, and there could be sanctions and all this stuff. It's like, oh god, just you know, they they, were, they had a little bit of pushing and shoving. I quite like it. It showed that these two teams were really fired up and ready for this game. It wasn't like there was a massive punch up. They literally it was a bit of pushing and shoving and holding people back. You know, it was it was a private school fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those. I was just saying, like narrow tunnels, two teams in there. I mean, that's happened for years and years. Well, yeah, happened. But, so. but, but these things happen. You know, I, I I'm not sure that yeah, I was oh, I bothered agree. about like a, a big song and dance is being made out of what I think is just passion, 
kind of slightly over you know boiling over um and that's okay you know different different story if they you know if it turns into a real nasty incident and someone gets hurt and you know but that's not what happened it was a bit of pushing and shoving like i would just be like get on with it um it was interesting someone said um you know could uh could could i don't know i think because Owen at the time Owen Farrell was the only one that that they knew was involved so he was the one having the finger pointed at him but um can, they, they were saying, can you send someone off before the game even starts? Um, and interestingly, the answer is no, because the referee isn't in charge until the, until the whistle blows at the beginning of the match. Oh, I didn't know that. So I do go. now. So, yeah, there's been a bit of chat in the media about how uh, Nigel Owens, when he puts in his match report, um, it'll be interesting to see if he includes anything about that, because that could create problems. But by all accounts, that's none of his business, because he wasn't in charge at that point. So it shouldn't um, come into it. Like both officially, it, it's one of those. Whereas I, I would view like, look, for the sake of the game, who gives a crap? Like, in, in some ways, it makes it interesting. But equally, don't forget, a lot of young kids and things watch rugby. There, there does need to be a certain sort of decorum. So, well, rugby do need to highlight it. Highlight it's wrong, but let's hope they don't go overboard. Even if it's saying, right, this time, slap wrist. If it happens again, we will throw the book at you. But. I hope they don't go overboard based upon a bit of pushing and shoving first time round. Uh, yeah, I see. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying, but I just think that's taking things away. You know, this is a, it's a physical game. We want these guys fired up. And it, it's clearly one of the Scots, is, you know, Owen Farrell's not just going to decide just out of the blue to, you know, to walk up and give one of them a push. Clearly something has been said. Of course. You know, whether he, you know, I think someone said he was walking a little bit too close to the middle of the tunnel. Um, and, you know, maybe he did. Maybe he did it just to annoy one of the Scots and they gave him a shove and pushed them back onto his side and he turned around and didn't like it and pushed them back. You know, that that's the kind of extent of what we're talking about here. We see far worse on the pitch and the referees go, come on, lads. But I think it happened. I think he said, you know, what was that about? And they both said, oh, I don't know. He goes, well, then what are you doing? Let's get on with it. Yeah, look, look, exactly. And no, I agree. Look, look, it's easy to make a mountain out of molehill type scenario, but equally, it is such a, you, you, you know, the game is so televised, it's so accessible, but teams do need to realise this. And it is, it's not about the sort of fans as a whole, it's about the last thing you want is suddenly, you, you know, younger generations before matches trying to push and shove their opponents. So, no, that's what I want. Well, fair enough. And you know what? I'd quite like to see that anyway. Exactly. Um, that would be a whole sport all to itself. But that's where they're coming from. But the, the under eights. <laughs> what, just a massive ruck before yeah, the game. Exactly. Um, um, but look, if anything serious is done, it is just a bit ridiculous. Yeah. With any luck, they'll just be like, guys, come on, stop it. No, to, no to, you can't do that. To be honest, I would like to have seen more of the England players doing it because it turns out that Owen Farrell was the only guy who seemed to be really up for that game. Yeah. Like, you know, he played well. But unfortunately, one man can only do so much. Um, you know, he was England's best player by by a mile. Um so, you know, maybe a few more of them just needed uh, a bit more fire in their bellies. England need to get beasted this week. Um, I, I, think, I think they're going to do some damage on Sat- or two weeks, you know, in two weeks against France. I think they're going to do some damage in Paris. I'm assuming it's in Paris. Um, and I think it's going to set things up for a pretty interesting um, final weekend, particularly if, and I think Ireland will beat Scotland, but particularly if that ends up being a close game. 
which it could be. Um, I think that will make for a really interesting last weekend. Um, and I could still see England doing it. I could still see England getting the six, you know, winning the Six Nations. Um, and in some ways, it's it's obviously we would have liked to have been you know going for the Grand Slam. But in some ways, it's if 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 it's a realistic opportunity, you know, they need to beat Ireland by a certain amount in order to in order to secure it. Um, it'll be quite good because it makes it more like knockout rugby. There's nothing worse than like last year where we lost but still won. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I, we'll see what happens. But I, I yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm annoyed about what happened, but I'm certainly not writing them off just yet. And and you know, th- this is going back to your question of you know, would you make changes? Um, and, and I wouldn't. I think you have to give the, these guys an opportunity. Obviously, training over the next two weeks is going to highlight a few things. It was interesting that he that that one of the early changes that he made was taking Brown off. In order to bring Jack Noel on, who incidentally was uh, one of England's most effective players, despite only having twenty-five minutes or whatever on the pitch, yeah, statistically. Um, so, you know, maybe he'll look to do something there. I don't, I don't think he will. Um, I think he'll stick with with his tried and tested. Um, and I guess the only other thing is, were England's issues at the breakdown? And I'm not talking about, you know. Two, you know, only committing two players, and I'm talking about competing when when the ball's on the other side. Um, you know, do we lack guys? You know, the, the kind of the specialists to do that. No, no, we don't. I, I, I don't believe that because I, I had this chat on Saturday and thinking they put a lot of time and effort to do it. It's just they weren't there to do it. If you're actually watching them at the breakdown, they have got guys who are very good at clearing out and securing that ball. No, but no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, no. So I'm saying not not when the ball is England's. I'm talking about when the ball is in you know, last weekend's example, Scotland's. You know the way that Scotland cleared England out in order to turn the ball over. Do we have the guys to go in and do that and steal the ball from Scotland? Yeah, I think we do. It's just we don't. That's not part of our game plan. We don't try and do that. But the reason we don't try and do that is because other teams tend to commit enough to the ruck to think to enable us to be like, it's not worth it. If you've only got one of the ruck, it's like fine, we can have a go. If you've got three or four, it's very easy for them to hold their own. Mm. Uh, but one question I wanted to ask you is, did England look a bit tired to you? Uh, they At times, but I would say more like in the middle of the game, because I thought that, that by the end, they were firing again. Yeah, and, and that's a bit of adrenaline sort of chasing the game. But, but therefore, I don't... I mean, Eddie has said he thinks he can get 20% more fitness out of these guys. And, and that's all very well, but... Equally, during a match, I mean, like this whole scrummaging thing with Georgia, I like the sound of it, but every other team, you know, had a, just a bit more time off. They weren't training as intensely. Is there an argument that, do you know what, maybe England do need that bit of downtime, that bit of time to rest, relax, and, and be ready for the next match rather than having two weeks off and just training your ass off for two weeks? Uh Maybe there's a, maybe there's an argument to say that I think I think we we I think we have to stick by Eddie Jones and say that he knows what he's doing. He's done it before. You know he was he's notoriously tough, um, but it's how he gets results. And you know despite yeah. this loss, it's only two losses in his entire England career. That that is that is a massively key point as well, it's isn't it? Really important to remember. Yeah. What, what are we now? Twenty. So he's won twenty twenty three out of twenty five or twenty five out of twenty seven. 24 out of 26, mate. <laughs> nice try. 24 out of 26. He's won. Yeah. Okay. 
so yeah, you know, it's 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 important to remember that. Um, yeah, England have had a few a few. You know, they've had a bit of an eye opener on Saturday, and it's and it's given some things to work on. Um, it would have been nice for them to have identified those things, but managed to you know do what they've notoriously do, which is which is kind of grind out a win. Didn't happen, um, but you learn from it, and and you know better better to do it now with eighteen months to go than to do it. In, you know in the six nations next year with only six months to go um because there's plenty of time now to i don't it's not 18 uh yeah yeah 18 months so yeah, yeah I, I think i think I, they'll bounce back i have no doubt i think we'll see them bounce back during the six nations and i think you know a couple of weeks of scotland reveling in uh in that victory well deserved as you say um and i think uh talk will turn back to you know whether england can can you know rectify the situation um and I, I hope i hope they can i hope they i hope they do put a decent score on france and it sets things up for an interesting Island, final yeah. weekend um, yeah because it, it it would be a shame to kind of go into that final weekend with it being you know it's a super saturday all three games on the one day it would be a shame if there wasn't something in it for everyone because it's, it's nothing worse than going to those and there's just nothing to you know nothing to, to gain from it so i hope there's a very close game Ireland, Scotland, um, for obvious reasons. Obviously, hoping Scotland win, but um, uh, I hope that's a close game anyway. So there's no massive points difference. Um, and assuming that Ireland do just nab it, uh, I hope England put a decent score on France. Hope maybe take a bonus point and level things up a bit, um, or at least get it to a, to to you know a, the point where a win without it having to be by a cricket score. Uh, makes the title possible um, and, you know, all to play for. Let's, yeah, let, let's hope so. I mean, we, we want it to be exciting last weekend. Um, yeah, I think we can leave it with just saying, look, well done, Scotland. Uh, great result. Deserved it. Played well. England, yes, there's work to be done. But like you say, everyone has a habit of overstating these things. Eddie Jones is still 24 out of 26. Yeah. And most no, it's not it's not time to call in mass changes just yet. No, no, absolutely not. Don Armand. We could use him. <laughs> uh, look, most importantly of all, Scotland enjoy the Calcutta Cup. Look after it for us because we'll have it back next year. Oh yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, thanks for listening. I'm sure we didn't cover half of what you probably wanted to hear about. Um, Get in touch with us on Twitter at England Rugby Pod and let us know if there are things you would rather have heard uh, or other things you'd like us to discuss perhaps in uh, in our next episode because we've obviously got a couple of weeks so there will be another episode before the next England game um, and uh, and yeah so, sorry that England couldn't secure yet another victory but um, you know onwards and upwards as they say so uh, join us again uh, keep listening spread the love rate us review us and all that jazz and uh, we will catch you. This, this time next week, I think. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for listening, guys.